0: and now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of In Truth Radio Show. Ryan,
1: that is a freaking awesome question.
0: Yeah, great question. You are the part, and you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our focus is going to be about sonic geometry. Do you know what sonic geometry is? You've probably heard of sacred geometry. Sonic Geometry is fascinating. And before we begin tonight's show, I just want to bring to your attention that now is the magical time of year where people trample each other at malls to buy gifts for people for Christmas and the holidays as a means of expressing their love. Well, if you really love someone, here's an idea, here's a good suggestion. Why not get them a reading with one of our virtues with a psychic empath, Lisa Kaza, psychic medium, Kerry O'Connor our astrologer Constance Stellis. Get someone a reading with them and be amazed because you're going to get someone the gift of introspection within themselves. And let us begin tonight's show. Joining us now is Eric Rankin. He's a creator of sacred geometry videos that you've probably seen on YouTube because they've gotten downloaded millions of times. He's also a lecturer. You've probably seen him lecturing some of the biggest Shows out there. You can ask a little more about Mr. Rankin by going to his website at sonicgeometry.com. Mr. Rankin, it is a great honor to have you with us today. Thank you for being with us.
1: Hi, thanks. thanks. It's always fun to talk about this stuff. Thank you.
0: So from the casual observer, what exactly is sacred geometry?
1: Well, it's in my particular field, we call it sonic geometry. Okay. Sacred, sacred geometry is curvilinear Uh, geometry, meaning it's curved geometry, usually with circles, but does not have to be. Um, So when people talk about the flower of life or the seed of life or the fruit of life, you're talking about circles or intersecting circles. Um, Generally, six around one circle will get you started. You could do that with coins or spheres or anything you wanted to, and they will all touch each other at uh, intervals of 60 degrees, and that's where it
0: started. So what is the significance of it? What is the significance of these numeric forms? Are they things that have a similar communication between, you know, any of oh. the things we found with UFOs or ancient civilizations?
1: Well, there is a connection. That's And I wasn't looking for this connection when the information came to me and through me was just drawing simple geometric forms and taking note of their sum angles. So... The sum angle total of a triangle, no matter what it looks like, it could be a right triangle or an equilateral triangle, it doesn't matter. It will always total 180 degrees. It's three angles. And you can play that as a tone, 180 vibration cycles per second. And then you move up through the geometric shapes, and what if you play each geometric shape, you end up getting this very familiar chord to our ears. It's called a major chord in music, but it's just sort of la, la, la and it was fascinating to me that geometry would reveal the numerical sequences you needed to have to build this perfect beautiful form of music and i thought that was going to be something that must have been known for you know thousands of years and i was just going to learn more about it by doing you know internet searches and web pages and chat rooms and everything else and there was not a single piece of information anywhere <laughs> in the world that said geometric shapes or geometry reveals major chord harmonics and so now five years later I'm credited as being the guy that made that discovery and math and and music theory and all that stuff is not in my wheelhouse so I get emails and, and calls from physicists and mathematicians all over the world wanting me to look at their work and I know nothing about it I just stumbled onto something significant that Somehow it gotten uh, looked over, and uh, from there it's just been a whirlwind ride.
0: Now, based on that, based on the thoughting, because there's a universal message behind it, is that imply that all life forces, all energies, all frequencies are actually singularity, and that we're meant to be in harmony and not to have you know these conflicts that we're currently seeing in our world.
1: Yeah, well, quite literally, when we say harmony, you can you can mean it in two different references. You could say say things are working well together, and then you could say musical tones are working well together. And everybody from Einstein, all the physicists say that our universe is a geometric universe. Well, if that's true, if the universe is geometric in its essence, in its structure, in its energy patterning, then it's also, in the most literal way, a harmonic system. It is working in harmony with itself. It's not it's not thinking like in Star Wars, the, the light side of the Force and the dark side of the Force. It understands that everything that is working as a construct and how the universe builds things and, and moves things, and it, all of that is a harmonic system. And we can check that. We can cross-reference that by applying the math of geometry and here are the tones. It's almost like Close Encounters where there there's a, a tone set that, that relayed some information – there quite literally is a tone set that could relay, hey, we understand the geometry, the universal building block of the universe, uh, reveals this type of music, we'll play it back to you, and it's almost like a consciousness loop now. It's like the universe communicating to itself through our awareness.
0: When you utilize this geometry, are you able to cap... A limit on how far the universe has expanded? Does it reveal that the universe is infinite? Does it reveal that there is only finite physical matter but infinite consciousness? And I'm wondering if the geometry actually does reveal or talk about the consciousness behind the physical matter.
1: You know, the beauty of it is, is no, there is no limit to it because you can keep, in musical terms, it's called octaves. You know, you've probably heard that word octave. You play a low C, and that's let's say that's 150 cycles per second. Then the next C above it would be double that, 300 cycles per second, but it would be the same tone. You can keep doubling into infinity, and even though we can't hear any of those vibration cycles, It doesn't mean that the information is not being relayed. So it's an infinite – it doesn't matter. And a beauty, a crazy beautiful part of the design of what I call sonic geometry is all of these sum totals always total nine. So you can keep doubling, 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 and you could write a number that was miles long. But if you kept reducing it and reducing it and reducing it, you would end up getting a nine. So it's, it's like there is some sort of coding and messaging going on in the universe that is waiting for us to connect to, understand, utilize, and apply. And we have not made those applications yet. It could be subsonic. It could be ultrasonic. Right now we're just talking about the comfortable hearing frequency range, which is in the, the mid-hundreds, 500, 1,000. Those are right in the middle of a keyboard of so a piano. Um, but – you know, dolphins here in the tens of thousands of cycles per second, so that's where it could get very interesting, but you have to have the harmonics correct. It's almost like the harmonics we hear are the signposts uh, to get us into the next level, which would be ultrasound. We can't hear, but if you start wrong with your harmonics and keep doubling, 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 you will be very wrong in just a few octaves up the scale, much less tens of, you know, hundreds or tens of thousands of times up the scale, you would not be anywhere near harmonic. But if you start perfectly correct, which is what geometry reveals, play those harmonics, you will get an even space between them, and no matter how high up you go, doubling, 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 that space will always be even between the two. So the ratio stays perfect, and it can just keep going into infinity, but the mathematics stay perfect.
0: Right, so what is, what do you suspect is the underlying message? And say for example humanity discovers, it figures this out, you realize that there there are one or more major messages that are out there. What do you think this could do for our, for our culture, for oh, civilization?
1: Well, people have been talking about the, you know, quote unquote, the event. Um, to me, understanding what we are beginning to understand about the relationships between math, the physical structure of the universe, and harmonics, we could have not understood 200 years ago, and we need to almost back up 6,000 years ago in ancient Samaria. That's where a lot of this information started, and it's a story that actually happens to involve extraterrestrial contact, that the invention of, many of the technologies we use today. We're not talking about the advancements of technologies. We're talking about the invention, first-time use of technologies we use today, and those would be such things as the first written language in the world, the mathematical system that creates algebra and trig and calculus, the uh, first wheeled and axled vehicle, the first sailboat, the first loomed weave fabric, the first pyramid, all these first happened in Sumeria. And because we can read their writing, we go, well, how in the world did this happen? And the people at the time, 6,000 years ago, said, we were given this information, we were given this jump start by sky visitors that they called the Anunnaki. So some of the information was numerical. There were numerical codes that were gifted to the Sumerians at the time. One of them is called a king's list. It's this old document writing down the reigns of these kings that lived in the area for tens of thousands of years and the first three kings happened to live twenty eight thousand eight hundred years thirty six thousand years and forty three thousand two hundred years if you take the zeros off of that you get 288 364 32 it happens to be another numerically perfect major chord as we understand what vibration cycles per second revealed by numbers Well, we couldn't have proved that to ourselves until we had a way of measuring electronically and precisely a time interval, like a second. Even the second was a gift given to the Sumerians by the Anunnaki. The formula for creating a second that we use today, of which there are 86,400 in a day, that happens to be double of 43,200. Take off the zero, you're right back at 432. There's this cosmic like seed planting of information, but we could not cross-reference or check this information until we had created the technology ourselves to check it. And that only happened 150 years ago. 150 years ago is when we first created the device that ticked off a second and we could measure it. And so really when we people talk about we are the people that we have been waiting for, that's literally true is we are the ones that have made technological advances To where we can cross check and reference all these number patterns and sequences and see that it looks like a message is trying to come through. And what it ends up being, I don't think we know yet. I think there's a very strong possibility um, that it could be a pineal activation. We have a gland in our brain called the pineal gland. It happens to follow the same mathematical principle that will reveal a major chord. So just think. Maybe a, a numerically perfect major chord spins through your numerically perfect designed ear um, canals and hits your numerically perfect pineal gland and activates it to where you get to start seeing into the matrix and understand how things work and are made um, and start utilizing it. We're talking about a, possibly the hugest shift in, in human consciousness ever, but right now it's, it's, we're all still in a speculative state.
0: I used to work with the metaphysical teacher and some people that work with him would recall an event where Gaia, the spirit of earth, was going to have all the plants released DMT, which would cause everyone's pineal gland to be activated and we would all have these prophetic visions and I'm wondering if that was part of it, if that was going to be some kind of major event that would occur. And I'm just wondering if that's something that resonates with you. And also if somebody were to take some of the information based on what you're finding in your research and take that and actually put that into music. And if people were to listen to that music on a regular basis, do you think that would accelerate their vibration, would it accelerate their learning, would put them more in a spirit-like state of being as opposed to being bound as a slave to their ego and their body needs?
1: I have to think that's a definite possibility. There has to be – with Joseph Campbell, he was a mathematical mythologist. He was intrigued. He wrote The Hero with a Thousand Faces. He's responsible for what we call the hero's journey. He traveled around the world and saw these number sequences popping up in all these religious and mythological stories, and he called it mathematical mythology. But to what end? People know that there's 108 beads and a Mala necklace in Hinduism and 72 names of God in Judaism and all these number sequences, but they don't know why. And it seems to be that there's an application, and the only application that really makes any sense of how these numbers fit with each other is in the realm of harmonics. So – What happens when we play these harmonics? I think you language that perfectly, that exposing ourselves to these numerically perfect harmonics, which you cannot do by listening to any modern music. Modern music is tuned in a a system that we call equal temperament, and all the numbers have been fudged uh, to where you don't get a 288, 360, 432 chord anymore. You get all these weird numbers with decimal points that are near it, But they're not perfect harmonics. And nature, in its math, uses perfect numerics to build things. Geometry is a study of perfection. So I have to think that if we start playing, composing music and playing these tones, that, yes, entirely possible. It would activate our pineal gland, vibrate ourselves in a harmonious, natural way, and maybe just allow us to create our own DMT. We don't need to wait for it coming from some other source, we don't t- need to take the, uh, ingest the plant medicines, the mushrooms, and the, you know, ayahuasca and things, that we will have the ability to manufacture this miracle compound physiologically through our pineal gland and actually start seeing into the real matrix, not the matrix that we are all participating in blindly of slavery and debt and mm-hmm. fear and lack. We're talking about the real matrix of creation in the universe, and uh, that's a, that's an incredible moment in history that we might be in.
0: Excellent. I, I would be really wonderful to, to finally see that two-part question for you. One of them is, what is the closest that human beings are capable of getting to hearing authentic sonic geometry, actually hearing these things? Is there any tracks you would recommend that people can get close to it? And also, if a person is op- oscillating on an alpha, beta, gamma, or delta frequency. What brainwave frequency should they be on to become the most sensitive and to absorb it and to get the maximum benefit of hearing this tonality in its, its most pure form that it's accessible to them?
1: Well, that's what's being done right now. We are working, I don't know if you're familiar with the, what cymatics research is, um, where you, whether it's a medium of water or sand on a plate or flour or cornstarch, you can apply vibrations to it and actually see patterns, holding patterns like standing waves. And they will make beautiful forms or blobby forms or geometrical forms. And incredibly, the first time we did this, when we applied – so a, a symbol for enlightenment, uh, one of the symbols for enlightenment, you will see it all the time, is the lotus blossom. You know, we see the lotus sometimes pasted right over where a third eye would be, or we see the lotus flower representing enlightenment. Well, when we played uh, through cymatics, we had a speaker and vibration and a a capture, you know, capturing uh, visually through a camera. We played the triad. We played that exact triad, 288, 364, 32. And incredibly, at the cymatics research lab that had been functioning for years, They had never seen what came through, and it was a dynamic lotus flower pattern. Um, In 3D, it wasn't flat. It looked like a lotus was actually blooming out of the surface of the water. Um, So it tells us there's a a visual affirmation that we might be on the right track um, and that these ancient religions and belief systems that somehow related a lotus to enlightenment or expanding consciousness is actually the perfect geometric form um, right down to its pineal patterning of how it unfolds and grows so we're we're just getting started and no really you can't Um, there's a lot of confusion when people talk about 432 tuning things like that but if you just detune a keyboard let's say or synthesizer from 440 hertz so right in the middle of the keyboard you have an a and if you play that a the international standing for it is uh, standard tuning for it is 440 vibration cycles per second. Um, it, you can detune that to 432, and a lot of people do that, and music will be written in 432. But all of the harmonics are still equally tempered. They're still fudged and just close enough to sound okay to your ears. But frequency. I mean, frequency is the force of nature that spans many different applications, and music to your ears is just one of them. So you can be close enough. You can fudge harmonics if you're talking about being good enough for music, obviously. We hear beautiful music, meditative music, rock and roll music. You know, it doesn't matter, but it's always off. The harmonics of it are always, if you actually play those three tones, As just pure sine waves, they will actually agitate you because they pulse. When you play perfect harmonics, there is no agitating pulse. It is just a smooth hum without any vibrato or pulse to it. So there's lots of clues telling us why we should be intrigued by these tone sets and exposing ourselves to them. But to engineer them is not so easy. You would actually have to record singular notes, play them, and then layer over them singular notes that have been perfectly tuned. Play the, add them to the mix of the song. Then isolate and add singular notes that have been made numerically perfect. That's the composition process right now. Or you could buy tuning forks or chime sets um, that have been tuned perfectly and expose yourself that way. But just to go on YouTube or, or iTunes and try and find numerically perfect harmonics, um, as of yet, you're not going to find very much, if anything, really
0: oh that's something a lot to to think about and focus on and if you know sometimes you observe certain people in life and they seem to be doing very well or everything kind of flows and they're always in the flow and i'm wondering if it's a combination between taking action meditation or the fact that they are actually you know Inadvertently becoming more aligned to sonic geometry where they're, they're actually being exposed to certain sounds, and maybe that is allowing them to float. Have you ever observed that at all? Have you ever observed that people who happen to be exposed or are closer to this tend to, I guess, oh, manifest well, quicker?
1: Yeah, I, I can speak from experience of that because I uh, lecture at a place called the Integratron. It's. Uh, a sound chamber, a frequency chamber that was started in the 1950s, actually involves extraterrestrial contact. And this machine was built as a cellular rejuvenation machine, supposedly. And we play these numerically perfect harmonics in this sound chamber uh, for hundreds of people uh, throughout the year. And pretty much without fail, people leave their feeling lighter, more calm, more grounded, more centered, more in flow with the universe, and a lot of it is um, is relaxing and surrendering. That could be another huge benefit of what is happening through these tones is you're just allowing yourself to relax, and in relax you surrender to the what is. That was another Joseph Campbell uh, position is just surrendering to the isness of life, and um, sometimes you're pulsing into life, sometimes it's motion, sometimes it's rest. Um, and three, that's the same thing that music does, waveform does. It's action, and in between the notes, there's quiet. That's the only way it sounds like music is it's not just the notes being played, it's the empty space between them. And as you start getting more comfortable with the empty down times, the restful, relaxing, calm, meditative times, as well as the active, productive times, now you're, you're moving like the universe flows. It's not all action. Or all rest it's like music it is motion and rest so yeah seems no doubt that the more in tune you get with this the more you are going to be in in tune with the way the universe works
0: yeah I was always wondering if people had been studying people who are very successful or people meditate for a long time seeing that there are recurring patterns that are out there that can be reduplicated but as far as vibration goes what sound can a person listen to that is the highest vibrational frequency that they can absorb and also my understanding is that the reason why matter happens the reason why we have physical matter is because the frequency of the universe of vibration slows down and becomes more dense so if you are engaging or focusing your attention on high vibrational frequencies does that in any way shape or form curtail your capability of bringing into uh, manifesting physical reality.
1: I don't know, that's where we're we're moving into it. The first
0: part of okay. your question was is there a specific
1: frequency a one frequency? Yep. I'm all about combinations of tones. That's what harmony is, is actually working together as opposed to melody means note by note like a person singing a song note by note. Harmony is a trinity, if, if a major chord, la, 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 it's the three of them working together that creates beauty. Is there a singular note that might do something to us? If I were to say there was, I would say very possibly it's 108 cycles per second, and here's the reason why. So if you take 432 and move it an octave down, that means mathematically half, that would be 216, and then mathematically half again would be 108. When we hear 108, it would be a very deep tone. It would be a very low, uh, kind of a deep deep note where 432 would be, you know, high. Um, When we expose ourselves to these lower frequencies and they drone on for a while, uh, it seems to do something to us. And there are lots of reasons to believe that this A, a 432, moved down two octaves to 108, Is a frequency that does something to us. It surrounds us in a field where we feel at home, you know, comfortable in our own skin, comfortable on this planet, comfortable moving in nature. Um, So if there was, and you can actually buy 108 tuning forks, 108 uh, a chime. It's in in Kundalini yoga movement. 108 is a very big number. You go to sacred temples, uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza you just move air and it creates a tone of 108. You go and sing a tone into corners of sacred temples and it just magnifies with hardly any tone coming out of your voice box. And if you sing 108, it just, goes, just magnifies, magnifies, magnifies. So there does seem to be something about 108 that might be a very important singular tone.
0: Awesome. And to ask you, what are some numbers that have a stronger resonance than others in terms of you know being on a higher vibration because I, I I tend to see eleven eleven a lot. Well, people I see talk. eleven
1: eleven all the time. That what that, is that is a number. Um, eleven eleven. I wrote a whole book about the eleven eleven phenomenon. <laughs> that you would even bring that up. Um, eleven eleven is a frequency. I don't know that that's a trigger. I think eleven eleven is probably a trigger on some other way to. Um, do something in us to wake us up or tap us on the shoulder and and ask us to be more in the moment and present and aware. Um, But, you know, exposing ourselves, I was going to tell you that there is technology that you and all your listeners, um, there are uh, tone generating apps that you can download very easily onto your phone. There's free apps. There's apps that only cost you a dollar or two where you can type in, I want to play 108 cycles per second and hear that, and you can do that. I mean, when we're done with this conversation, you can go to a tone-generating app, download it, punch in 108 cycles per second, push play, and you will hear this low, deep tone. Put headphones on and just expose yourself to it, um, and you will, I guarantee you, you will feel like you've dropped into a, a deeper sense of something, yourself or your, you know, harmonic relationship with all that is.
0: Excellent. And I wonder, is there something significant about four? Because I've always loved the number four, but the one number that I have a real oh, problem with, I've always had an issue with two. I always feel like two is like, eh, two. I just don't <laughs> like two. Just, it drives me crazy. And you're the, well, you're the first numbers, person I've told you about. No one else knows about this. Yeah, me, so and, no.
1: you know, low numbers I don't get really into because low numbers like two, four, ten, you know, all the way up to about a hundred – Uh, are sort of out of my wheelhouse because they're too low to really be talking about as sonic frequencies. You can't hear a frequency of two hertz. You can't hear two vibration cycles per second. Um, The Earth has a vibration cycle called the Schumann resonance, which is about 8, 7.8. That is the cavity between the surface of the Earth and the bottom of the ionosphere, and it is activated by electrical discharges in the form of lightning flashes. So lightning hits the ground, it senses vibration that bounces up between the surface of the Earth and the bounces down from the bottom of the ionosphere. And it's like Earth has a, a, a wavelength frequency very close to 8 hertz, um, but you can't hear that. What you were asking about, are there numbers that jump out as maybe something really significant? And there are. It's crazy. In every major religion... Religious and myths, you will see the number 72. In Hinduism, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, in somewhere in the tracks of those religious systems, you will see for some reason the number 72. And you go, well, why the heck? What's with number 72? We don't know. We don't know why 72 should be important. It just happens to be in all these stories. If it's in these stories, it's almost like it's just trying to get our attention. For what purpose and 72 happens to be a harmonic of 108. 108 is, is a fifth away from 72 so it's like these numbers are talking to us for a reason to apply its frequencies I believe.
0: My father is 72 and he does try to get uh, my attention so I, I he's going to get a kick out of this. There you Sorry. go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to tell him I go, I go dad you're sacred. You're sacred. You're Anyone the magic you... number. This is
1: seventy-two. Is seventy-two is a magic number for right.
0: sure? You know, I love the idea that you, and of course, your research. You're talking about engaging with other you know, civilizations beyond Earth. And I've heard about the Anunnaki before. My understanding is that they had something to do with our creation. So, mm-hmm. is there a way of utilizing sacred geometry as a means of discovering what civilizations have been have been here or actively working with humans? And what civilizations have the best intentions for humanity and what civilizations may actually want to destroy humanity? Well,
1: if, if let's just say, you know, whether it's true or not, let's say that there are uh, different forces at work, so if there are different sky visitors, there are um, races of intergalactic beings that have been able to travel here more advanced than we are. I mean, look at the advancements we've made in the last 500 years. I mean, from what we can create, how far we can see, things we can know in physics and how the universe works. I mean, it's, it's like magic compared to what people would have thought possible 500 years ago. Imagine where we might be if we stay on this planet for another 1,000 or 5,000 years, what we might be capable. We might be capable of being those intergalactic or at least interplanetary visitors that we're arguing about now. But let's say... You, whether you're benevolent or not, it looks like the information that we are gleaning out of this, like sacred geometry, it looks like what I would call a benevolent force because sacred geometry really does end up creating a 2D template, a, a two-dimensional flat template for, a, a, believe it or not, a four-dimensional pattern Um, that is being called the the actual structure of the universe. Sacred geometry has been seen all around the world, this interlocking of circles at 60 degrees, one-sixth of a circle intersection. um, That was left for us. So I would have to think if this is something profoundly beneficial about understanding the structure of the universe left by an intergalactic visiting race, they would most likely uh, be a benign race because they're giving us Information that opens up many rooms. I mean, they're handing us the keys and just waiting for us to turn the right locks with them.
0: Got it. And as far as sonic geometry goes,
1: mm-hmm. would
0: you compare it to, say, for example, you have, before something is, is manifested in physical reality, you have the intention behind the physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. Is the geometry like a. Um, how do I say it this way? A, a print, a basically a, a um, an energy reading, uh, sorry, a description of what has been created in physical reality, but not the intention behind it. Does sacred geometry in any way, shape, or form describe the consciousness behind the creation? It could.
1: Um, so, if you're getting into the metaphysical realm, where some people will say things like thoughts or things, you know, on a certain level, that makes no sense. A thought has no weight, it, it, you can't tap on it, you can't hold it, so we go, no, it's not a thing. But if you're talking about vibrational essence, if everything is vibrational essence, every single thing on, on the smallest scale is vibrational in essence, we are. Our, if you break us down and keep getting under more powerful microscopes and seeing our structure, there gets a point where we are just the same atomic energetic structure is anything else, and there's really nothing there. We just start seeing atoms separated by a lots of space with lots of space inside each atom. So to say, well, then that starts sounding like a thought. There's nothing there but waveform and patterning. Then you could say, yes, a thought is a thing, even though it is the precursor to manifesting a physical thing that we can hold and, and touch and, and utilize. It starts opening up this conversation saying a thought is a certain type of vibrational thing just the same way that we are vibrational things. So it's, we're talking about opening up a an entire new realm of thinking, using technology, understanding the way the universe actually works. Right now, we're, we're fumbling. We're, we've made some major in that advancements. But for every advancement we make in physics, we still are left with mind bending puzzle you know, puzzling questions of what is first cause, what is first source, was it a big bang or was it something else? Who created the Big Bang? I mean, we you you eventually kind of break down what's at the edge of the universe, another universe that has an edge intersticking with ours. We don't know these things yet, but we are advancing. We are understanding and the more we begin to understand our logic gets a little fuzzy around the edges but it's in that fuzziness that other ways of thinking can come in and that's where exciting aspects of physics are happening is we're we're getting that it's in the fuzzy logic that we're going to get some concrete answers and they're not the answers we think we know yet right now physics is a is a big conundrum. I mean, Einstein couldn't solve it. We have particle physics, the way things happen on a very small scale, we can predict. We have astrophysics, how things work on a very large scale, planetary movement and things. But those two branches of physics don't talk to each other. And everything we understand about nature is like, well, a small thing should create a large thing, just getting larger, 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 like music. You double, 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 that's an octave. Why doesn't that work in creation, and physics? Well, maybe it does. There might be something we're just not understanding yet about the geometric structure and the way it works of the universe. But if we start getting into waveform and pattern and vibration and the essence, before we start using words like solid matter, there is really no such thing as solid matter if you just keep looking small enough. The only reason something's solid is everything is spinning and why you can move your hand through a still uh, fan, an air conditioning fan, but as soon as it starts spinning, you can't move your hand through it anymore. That's the only reason we have matter, is everything's spinning and things feel solid to us. But if you look at it under a powerful enough microscope, there is no matter. Wow. There's only energy.
0: That's awesome. Mr. Rankin, sometimes. People talk about saying, well, I want to be at a high vibrational frequency on Earth. They say, well, you know, a high vibrational person is somebody who carries around unconditional love and a low vibrational frequency is somebody who's, you know, perpetually obsessed with creating death and destruction. Now, if you're looking Mm -hmm. at, um, you know, energy on a cellular level, I wonder if the idea of positive and negative as far as our vibration goes was basically a human creation because I don't know how cells at that level could, you know, Decide to choose to love or choose to to have hate. So, what is the difference between cells uh, or energy that choose to be positive or negative? What is the vibr? What is the definition of vibration based in sonic geometry?
1: Well, that's um, that's not so much a thing that we have addressed yet in sonic geometry. But I can tell you, you know, there was a a, a doctor. Uh, he wasn't a doctor of physics, but Masaru Emoto in yep. Japan was a doctor who did, he began to wonder about water. And if water, most of our planet is covered in water, most of our body's construction is water, and it has its own cellular structure, you know, we call it H2O, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. And he thought, if, if it's a vibratory essence, what happens if we send a vibratory thought into this vibratory essence of water? So he did these experiments where he had three jars of water, and one you would direct love and compassion towards, one you would direct hate and anger towards, and one that you would just ignore completely. And then he would flash freeze these different vials of water, and as they thawed, he was looking at them under the, at the thaw process under an electron microscope, and the water that was loved was this beautiful crystalline, I mean, like looks like art or snowflakes patterning and the water that was heated was this globular, what we would call almost ugly, deformed water crystals, and and the water that was ignored was even worse. So there seems to be an intelligence in the vibration essence, essence an aspect of matter, thought, creation, vibration, all of those things are connected, do influence each other, we just don't fully understand how yet. And... You know, Masaru Emoto's work was mocked and poo-pooed by you know actual physicists and people that had their degrees, and yet here the experiments are repeatable with an incredible rate of finding the same outcomes. Um, so it it's it's just something that science wants to ignore right now because it just seems like totally esoteric you know uh, metaphysics that doesn't warrant further research, but that's only because there's not research in place yet that could prove what is happening. But we're we're opening ourselves up to these ideas. And so just think, let's compare it in another way. Music has its frequencies from low to high. And the tighter the frequency, the more of them per second, the higher the sound. You can apply that same aspect to color. The lower the vibration, you move into the Infra colors, infra red, we, we can't see it because it's infra, and then we have the visible spectrum, and then we have ultra high frequencies, and that we can't see, but other animals and insects can see, but it does move through a spectrum. Now let's say emotions are a spectrum. Em- low emotion is a low vibrational essence, and then you move through the spectrum, well if low is a vibrational aspect that says I don't participate in the structure of anything. I'm separate. I'm isolated. I have to struggle. I'm not part of anything else that connects to anything else I would describe as low vibrational thinking or emotionality. And then what's the opposite of that? If you keep moving up the spectrum, well, the opposite of I'm separate and completely um, alone and isolated and, and without feeling or caring. The opposite is I'm totally
0: connected and
1: I am loved and I want to be loved and I want to have positive impact, impact on the greater good of all things. Well, now you're talking about the same language that music is and and, uh, and light frequency is. It's just an emotional span, an emotional scale. And so you can, when people say, what's your frequency or I'm trying to Be a higher frequency. You're talking about your emotional state. Yes, there's low frequency. I'm, 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 I'm damaging the ecosystem. I'm damaging the great all-isness of life or I'm participating in helping the all-isness of life. And that happens through love, kindness, compassion, consideration, empathy. So, yes, you can raise your vibration, and it's not woo-woo talk to say those things.
0: I think it's awesome. I'm so glad you brought up color because there's something I'm going to tell you that the audience, we've this for a long time and probably never heard about before, but every single show that we do, we do an uh, epic poster with our featured guests, and we love this. We're going to do for you. is. There's always a color pattern that's out there, and I spend a lot of time putting certain colors in, not necessarily because of the visualizations, but because I know it emits a, a feeling. So when I work with color, I do have a, a sensitivity to it, and I do match the the colors to the particular guest based on whatever is, is, is coming out there, and it, it's there to communicate something extra. I feel it's another form of communication. So mm-hmm. and what three colors do you find – resonate the strongest that will if a person is wearing these colors or you know, using them or having them in a the house that's going to have a higher vibrational frequency
1: well my favorite personal favorite color is turquoise but beyond <laughs> that turquoise is a mythological protection high vibration color in myth, mythologies and religious i mean from here in the united states uh, in america we have the native cultures turquoise well, it's the protection stone. I mean, what makes you say a color is a protection stone? Why about the color? But there's something about that. So turquoise is, to me, uh, a color that does that. Violets and indigos, very closely. We're talking about high-spectrum colors. Uh, that would be another one for me. And then gold just seems to be a color that uh, stirs in us something to think of um, exaltation or elevation or ascension. So those would be my three would be turquoises, violets
0: and gold. That's so amazing. The turquoise is my favorite color. I have, it all, I have it all over the place. That's really awesome. Uh, Mr. Reagan I want to thank you so much for being with us today. I thought that your discussion was fascinating. I love your research. And Thank you. you know, thank you. To learn more about Mr. Rankin, please go to his website at sonicgeometry.com. And Mr. Rankin, how can people get in touch with you? And What um,
1: yeah, you know, um, they can actually get in touch with, re- with me through sonicgeometry.com. My uh, webpage is, uh, the webpage there has my email address and even a phone number. I think people text me. Um, I have a radio show of my own in Laguna Beach, Awakening Code Radio, and we have a message board there. That's a great way. Just like Awakening Code Radio, we talk to physicists and scientists and You know, uh, people talking about raising the vibration on this planet, we do that every week, once a week. So like, uh, I invite your listeners to like our show. It streams and is on podcast, Awakening Code Radio. Very easy to find. Once you find our our Facebook page, message me through that.
0: Will do. Dragon, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our incredible guests, Mr. Eric Rankin, and special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Kaza, and Miss Constance Telles. To learn more about the Outer of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you, as always, for listening.